Hey, hello there, and welcome to this episode of the Fearless Finance Podcast. Today's topic is how to fix your money mess. My aim is to help you identify some habits and tools to structure your financial life and ultimately feel better about your finances. You may have heard podcast episode one where I talk about financial well-being and provide a definition as feeling secure and empowered about your money, both now and for the future. But one of the barriers to feeling good about money is a lack of clarity and awareness of the actual situation. We can feel that there's too many bills to pay, that our income is reduced or our debts are getting out of control. And for many, there's a tendency to bury our heads in the sand and not face up to it. Now, don't get me wrong, fear, overwhelm, panic are horrible emotions. And so it's only natural to want to distract ourselves or avoid them altogether. But let's be honest with each other here. When was the last time you looked at a bank statement? Or do you have a drawer somewhere with unopened credit card statements? So I'm going to help you as gently and lovingly as I can to bring these monsters out from under the bed and fix your money mess. So if I asked you how much you earned last month, chances are you could tell me with a pretty high degree of accuracy. I remember a time when I was in charge of payroll in a school and a teacher came up to me in the staff room clutching his paid slip to query why his monthly pay was just a few pennies less than the previous month. If you're self-employed or freelance, it can be trickier, but a key foundation is knowing how much you earn and how much you spend. So let's look at that. Budget is regarded as a four-letter word by some, so we're going to use plan instead, which coincidentally is an actual four-letter word. So I like to think of a plan as a positive, such as a plan for a weekend away or next summer's holiday, rather than something negative and constrictive like a budget can be, like a tight waistband after too much pizza. Back in the day, I remember tracking my spending for a week by carrying around a little notebook and jotting down every penny I spent. It was laborsome and it took some discipline, but I just about managed it. Thankfully, with the increase of apps, online banking and cashless payment, it's less of a pain, but it still takes a little effort. So stay with me here. Do you want to fix your money mess or not? So to see what you spent last month, you're going to need your bank statement or access to your online account. If you like to use spreadsheets, you usually have the option to export the statement. But if you're old school, you can download it and print it out. So once you have your statement in front of you, grab a pen or highlighters and go through line by line. You can pause the podcast now if you want to go and do it or come back later. But this is an important exercise and it will really liberate how you feel around your money. So some items are easy to identify. So you've got big payments for maybe rent or mortgage, loans, etc. Others take a bit of digging. But the benefits here are threefold. Firstly, you're raising your awareness about how much you spend. Secondly, you can put your money into categories. So money spent on home, perhaps on travel, on food, on the kids, on entertainment, etc. And thirdly, you might find a few leakages. That's money slipping out for subscriptions you no longer need or use. And these are a little bonus, which you can decide what to do with later. So hopefully if you've done this activity, you will have a figure for what you've earned. Also what you spent, and then you can calculate the difference. Now be careful, there might be a few one-offs like a big birthday or a holiday. And so we can make an adjustment so you get a typical month. 
So once you've taken away what you've earned and what you've spent, you should have a number. And if that's positive, great, because you can then think about ways you can save or invest a surplus. But if you've got a negative number, i.e. you spend more than you earn, then it's also a good thing. It's also good to be aware of it. So don't feel bad at this point. Your situation hasn't got any worse. You're just more aware of what's going on. Think of a seesaw or a pair of old-fashioned scales. You've got too much weight on one side and not enough on another. So our choices are to either reduce spending or increase earning to bring us back into balance. And a good thing about increasing earnings is that the potential is unlimited. So it might be a good idea in the short term to reduce your outgoings, but you can only cut so far and then you run out of options. Can you think of ways to earn the extra needed? Are there things you can sell on eBay or Facebook? Could you maybe even rent your driveway as a parking space or a spare room on an Airbnb? Now you may hate those ideas, but how about some overtime, a part-time job, a side hustle? Now you know how much you need each month. It's a target to aim at and needn't be as daunting as it was. But the other side of the scale is to reduce spending. Maybe you've already found some leakages which you can plug. Gym memberships, phone insurance, additional TV channel subscriptions are often ones which my clients find. A further benefit of doing this activity to track your spending is you can see where your money goes. So I remember working in a college again a few years ago. There was a really nice in-house coffee shop and soon it became a habit of mine to drop in first thing in the morning and at morning break. Add in a daily cookie, which is not good for my physical or financial well-being, and the daily spend was £5. Now, it's not going to break the bank, but £5 per day became £25 per week, times by four, that's £100 a month, times by 10, to factor in holidays, etc., and the total was easily £1,000. So having greater awareness of my spending would have revealed a £1,000 a year coffee habit, money which could have been spent elsewhere, such as a holiday or invested. In fact, adding that to my pension would have given me immediate tax benefits and compounded over time may have even been a more worthwhile sum in the future. Anyway, I digress. When you look at your spending, Obviously, it's up to you entirely how you choose to spend your money. The point is here to be aware and make choices both now and for the longer term. As a little sidebar, let me recommend a book called The Latte Factor by David Bach. It's an easy read and it illustrates how small changes can add up to big differences over time. I'm hoping to have David on as a future guest, but in the meantime, check out this book. I really recommend it. One of the areas which you might see a significant outlay every month is paying for debt. I will dedicate a future episode of the podcast to methods of eliminating debt. But for now, two things you can do are switching balances to a lower card rate, ideally 0% interest. And secondly, check to see if you're making minimum payments as a percentage. So firstly, balance transfers. If you've got a reasonable credit score, then balance transfers should be a possibility. Look at price comparison sites and see what deals might be available. Ideally, look for those which offer a soft credit check, as these won't leave a lasting footprint and ultimately make getting credit harder if you're shopping around. The minimum percentage payments are a big bugbear of mine. 
which is not easy to say, a big bugbear of mine. When you open your credit card account or transfer a balance, you're often asked to set up a direct debit for payments. Okay, usually a good idea because it's easy to forget and then you get penalized for missing a payment. But in many cases, you're given two choices. Do you wanna pay the full balance every month? Uh-uh, that can sound a bit daunting. Or the minimum, which is usually somewhere like two, three, five percent If you opt for the minimum, that might be, for example, £50 in month one, and then £49 in month two, and so on, gradually reducing the direct debit taken. And it seems like you're saving a few pounds every month, but in reality, the debt will take a much longer time to clear, and you will end up paying a ton more in interest. Far better to arrange a fixed payment of, say, £50, as long as that covers the minimum, and save yourself months, if not years, and a significant reduction in interest. All right, so a third way to fix your money mess is to automate and simplify as much as possible. Once you have a better handle on your income and expenditure, you could consider opening a second bank account. I like to use Revolut or one of the new online banks as they're quick, convenient, and have a number of features extra, but that's just my opinion. From doing the exercise earlier around tracking your spending, you should know how much you need to spend on rent, mortgage, bills, etc. I'm going to call this your committed spending. You'll also know how much you've got left over that you can choose what to do with. And I'll call this your discretionary spending. So assuming your wages all get paid into your main bank account, leave a balance in there sufficient to cover your committed spending. All your direct debits come out automatically. Your bills are paid and you can relax knowing your bases are covered and breathe. That's a nice feeling, okay? So then you can transfer either weekly or monthly your discretionary spending into your second account. This is your spending money, which you can choose what to do with. Securing the knowledge that your bills are paid and should your second account run dry, you can top it up again the following week. And in this way, you're never having to make a choice between paying the car insurance and going out on a Friday night which can obviously lead to stress and creating the money mess that you find yourself in. Phew. So we covered quite a lot of ground today and I hope it's been really valuable to you. Let me just do a quick recap of three ways that you can take to fix your money mess. Number one is to increase your awareness. Do the bank statement exercise to understand where your money goes and then make choices about how to increase your income or reduce your outgoing. It's easy to do, but it's easy not to do. So just take 10, 20, half an hour to work through that. And believe me, it will pay you dividends. Number two is look at your debt. Can you save by transferring to lower or zero rate? Are you paying a minimum percentage? Again, easy to do, easy not to do, but you could save yourself hundreds of pounds each month and thousands of pounds over the lifetime of the debt. And then number three, set up the second bank account. Pay all your bills by direct debit and then transfer your spending money to the new account. If you implement these into your daily life, you will not only increase your financial well-being, but you will feel more in control over your money. Now seek help if your debts seem overwhelming or you're in urgent need. There's some excellent money charities out there who are not judgmental and happy to help in emergencies. 
And if you'd benefit from some coaching or more detailed training on the topic, come and visit us at Fearless Finance and work with me personally in a one-to-one or in a group coaching program. Thanks very much for listening. and I look forward to seeing you again on the next podcast. Remember, rate, review, subscribe, and share with someone you care about. Until next time, I'll see you then. Bye-bye.